we want everybody to be led by the Holy Spirit and God moves people. But it's a weird thing. I'm like, uh, we're, we're being the and our family a blessing to the city and really irritating to the city in some ways. And I said this to this guy and he said, well, that's what prophets do. And so, uh, so it was a great meeting heart to heart, but we talked it out a little bit and um, we have weird leadership meetings when we'll meet in a serve team meeting and Nasser Hills and, and Matt and James and I, and we're talking about, wow, there's too many people here. It's not like we're saying it that way, but we're like, there's a lot of people in this room. And are they all really thinking this is their church? Because God clearly told me, you know, and I stepped out of the church that I was, when I was planting churches, we'd made Ishmael, we were making Ishmael, not Isaac. And so he, he reoriented us to uh, planting equipping ministries. And so we're concerned about this at certain levels. So a couple weeks ago, I shared about what I think makes a healthy believer is that they're involved in these three dimensions, equipping meetings, church meetings, and then they have a missional life. I don't know if you remember that. Some of you were here. And I'm not putting this as a standard on everybody. And this is, I say, not the Lord, but I think the Bible actually does say this. But in my opinion, the maximum healthy life of a disciple will include you being part of an equipping meeting. And I think that's what this is. This is an equipping meeting where you're receiving. It's like a leadership meeting. Everybody's called to the ministry. And we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. The problem in the body of Christ is we started calling these things church meetings. And so you can disagree with me on this if you want. I just believe that there's one guy building a church. It's Jesus Christ. He said, I'll build my church. It's a supernatural, organic group of people that are in Christ. And we believe that uh, what we're doing here is equipping the church that Jesus is building. I think the Reformation's not over yet. I think we reformed at a theological level. With Martin Luther, we began, but the Protestants have still held on to a bunch of stuff for a long time. We're still getting over. I think we got Protestant popes in certain places. So anyway, all that to say is I, I'm hearing the word equip a lot more, a little less church. We're pro-church. We just want the church to be who it is, which is the dynamic people of God 24-7 all the time. So we hope you'll be part of an equipping meeting. You'll be part of that. You'll receive and you'll be stirred by it. Number two, that you'll be part of a church meeting. A church meeting to us is an edifying or an equipping of one another where everybody moves together. It's not Ephesians 4.11 where a few equip you. It's 1 Corinthians 14.26 where when, everybody, when they meet, everybody's got something. And so it's the activation of the royal priesthood being the church together. It's not like you're not the church when you're in McDonald's or you're in whatever, and you're only the church when you're having a small group meeting on a Wednesday night. That's not what we're saying, but we're saying that's the maximized moment where we intensify and we have those church meetings together. And then thirdly, that you're having a missional life. It doesn't make sense to us. Everybody's called to ministry. Everybody. So if you're not on assignment and discerning what your gifting is and your assignment, and you're camping out in a place and all of your life with Jesus is a meeting where some anointed people do some stuff to you, or you might hit a house church one time a week, which we love, I'm telling you, you're not walking out the fullness of life in Christ on planet Earth. Life in Christ and planet Earth involves you understanding your divine assignment on planet Earth. So I meet Matt, who's a missionary, which is awesome. Him and Angie were doing so well, 17 years at World Impact. God shifted them. They shifted over to Disciple Nations. But in the middle of our dialogue, really, we went through the process of more clearly identifying Matt's giftings, his anointings, his assignments, and his callings. 
not like it wasn't world impact, but I wanted him outside that box, outside my box, so he could discern who he is, so that he could begin to walk in that in greater fullness. Listen, something's at stake in you walking out your assignment on planet Earth. Jesus didn't call a few among the billion believers or two billion on the planet. He's called every one of us. Amen, everybody? Everybody. And I'm telling you, there's a worldly spirit that's been quenching that, but a religious spirit has done more damage to that than almost anything. And so God's breaking the religious spirit off. We got a ways to go. We're still borrowing from the world and trying to set moods. And anyway, but the Lord's going to help us. And we're, he's setting, though, the church free to be dynamically spirit-led all the time in all places. We're concerned sometimes that people might be part of these meetings or conferences and not be part of church meetings. And so we want to talk just for a minute or two. I'm doing okay. That was a little longer than I thought, but I got worked up. Um, because we're jealous about this. I want to see the church set free. And so, um, but we want to see you operating in a house church or a church meeting. We have no go to start small groups. I have no vision to start a, bu a bunch of house churches and small groups. I, we don't want to, that's, it just seems non-real to me. You're a part of this little group that, whatever. We want to see you respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit who's building living stone to living stone. Jesus is connecting you dynamically to certain believers. You can only be connected to a certain amount of them. In this room tonight, to have a church meeting and be connected with everybody, it's impossible, okay? So who's the Spirit connecting you to? What warfare is keeping you from that connection where anointing is released between anointing that accelerates the growth of the kingdom? We know that there are, kind of, there are a certain amount of things that are resistance to some people joining house churches or starting house churches. So let me ask a question, and, and, and let me just say, this is a non-condemnation zone, okay? I'm not asking you questions. You don't have to answer my questions, but I'm just curious. In a pool of people like this, how many of you are part regularly, once a week, once every other week or so, with a small group? Hand up and down real quick. Great, 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 great. Let's do it fast. Great. Nobody look around. Great. How many of you, this is going to be a harder one, are not, but you're feeling a little compelling to, up and down real fast? Take steps out of that? Yeah. Okay. Got it. How many of you are feeling led to lead one, but you're like, who in the world am I? But you're feeling a compelling to start or lead one, but you're having trouble getting traction. Hand up and down real fast. Okay. Kind of thought it was great. So we want to help facilitate you in that process. So Matt, talk to me. What are we talking about? What are the problems and kickbacks? Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about when I talked to Sam about this a couple weeks ago, as I was thinking, the primary thing that a house church does, it really is about family, yeah. being together, and that God really has designed us to be in family together. I think that's the longing of our heart is to walk out this in family. And I think the danger often is um, we get isolated. Who's ever felt isolated before? And so it's easy to come to these meetings. We sit in the back and we leave, and, and we're pretty independent people in America, and we don't enjoy sharing things. So I think house churches are the best places for you to not hide, for you to come to bear who you are. And, and so that's what I would say. We have a, a phrase at ours, is, the phrase is healthy vulnerability. Yeah. Healthy vulnerability that we feel like, there's a place to be vulnerable. I don't come here and we don't share everything going on, right? right. But in a house church, I'm accountable for how I'm living. Um, 
Yeah, and then it's a, and then the second thing that it, it really is a way to practice the gifts of the spirit. It's a way to be, um, yeah, be the church together. So that's kind of a couple of my thoughts. So here's a question that I have that I'd like to ask you, and I'll answer it too. I have my own thought, but maybe somebody's asking, um, but I'm not a gifted leader, and I don't know how to teach, so I'm not going to start a house church. What would you say to that? I would say that you do not have to have the gift of teaching to lead a house church, to lead a group of people to be together, breaking food, breaking open the Bible, whatever it be. There's a multiplicity of gifts of those that stimulate and stir that. What would you say? Yeah, I would say the same. And that would be my, I would, that would have been my fear three years ago. And I had to fight through insecurity in that. Because you lead a house church. Lead a house church. Do you have a gift of teaching? No, I don't have a gift of teaching. I've noticed that. Anyway, right. keep going. That's, but I'm asking right now. Yeah, and so so I've had to be creative how we do it, yeah. and and I can share things. And um, but one of the things um, is we come and we're the word together. So we're going to share, read the word, and we're it, yeah. we don't have to just have these teachings and go word by word. So and then we listen to podcasts, and I'll have I'll you know give a sermon throughout the week to listen to. Yeah. And so there's just creative ways to do it. But I had to get over my insecurity that I don't have to have the gift of teaching to lead a house church. That's a big deal, and I. You could jab at him for funny sake, but honestly, teaching is not a grace gift of his, but exhortation isn't prophetic. And so he leads out of those giftings. You can honestly lead out of any of the giftings um, to stir up a people to focus on Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Now, Amen. what about um, if you don't have a worship leader? What do we do for worship in a house church? You do not have to reproduce a worship service that happens in a big meeting in a house, okay? And so you can worship by just saying praises saying thanksgiving you can sing acapoco you can do a lot of different things okay and so whatever however that might work among you you can worship with your heart but don't feel the pressure to reproduce a equipping meeting in a home that's not the goal now maybe we could model but how would you do how would you lead in a setting to try to activate the gifts to hear god i think that's the primary way you do lap time a little bit at the end, don't you? Right. And you'll get people to move a little bit. But honestly, that's it's it's not the full thing. But in a house church, I think that's the best way to practice hearing the voice of God. So how would you do that in a setting where you would you teach? And then what would you do to maybe get us moving and hearing God? A primary thing I do that we've done in house churches that's not, um, I wouldn't put it as a standard, but our house churches we uh, lead are the, the primary culture is a prayer culture, not a Bible study culture. And I'm pro-Bible study. I'm a Bible guy. But it's not we're not coming just to do Bible study, okay? We're coming in a prayer culture, which right. when I get people in a spirit of prayer, they start having, and I make an opening for moments of inspiration. All of you receive by the Holy Spirit moments of inspiration. A good leader doesn't bring all the inspiration. They make room for those moments of inspiration. Does that make sense? Because it's awesome to watch what God does through different people. And some week it'll be those two, three people. My gosh, they were burning. And we all agreed. Sometimes it's that one, whatever it is. But I set a culture of prayer. And then I'm asking questions and waiting and listening and calling out moments of inspiration. Yeah, that's something we do. And you guys have done. We call it hot seat prayer. It's just we'll practice putting somebody in the middle. And as a leader, I'm often trying to sense who does the Lord want to highlight that night. And so we'll put them and we'll ask them and then we'll put them in the middle. And then some, something I do um, just as a, a simple thing when I'm activating the, the prophetic is you don't have to even ask for lots of words. Just say, hey, what's the one word that comes? And we're just going to share one word 
adjectives, and that's kind of an easy thing. So anyway, so that's one thing we do. What about childcare and what and children? What's the next question? Yeah. So <laughs> what do we do about this? Kids? Is always the trouble thing sometimes, especially with young families. And all I want to say is this: is there's a lot of options, and there's no Bible verse to tell you what you have to do or don't do. Plainview hires my daughters and some daughters, and four to four house churches will dump all their kids at one house and let them be watched by these people. That's great. You got Joe Jordan or Jess Jordan leading the house church. They're going to say, we got to have our kids with us. They want the kids with them by conviction. I mean, that is a good thing. Some people, you know, they don't, yeah, right? You, you, no nursery. They're just all in. That praise God for their conviction. And then Josh Tibby's okay because he drops his baby off at a deal, all right? So there's a lot of freedom around there. You can take turns of who's there in another room. But either way, work the problem. Don't get freaked out by it. That's good. That's what I have. Anything else in that? I just want to encourage you around this. Um, I got no goal. We're keeping no record. I don't have one house church. We don't have one mission. That's the way we're set up. Missions aren't under us or, you know what I mean, house churches. If there's there's people in this room that lead and meet in house churches, they're full-out churches. I mean, they're churches acknowledged by the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit, to have faith that he's connecting you. He's the builder of the church. You don't have to get pressured about this thing. He's already drawing you to certain people. You just need to engage and initiate and meet together. We're great with a thousand different varieties. If the supremacy of Christ is central, you're praying, you're committed to the word of God, then just have freedom when you meet, how you meet, under a tree, in a McDonald's, in a house. It doesn't matter. But I would say this. Please don't miss the dynamic of me. This is a big family reunion, okay? Don't miss meeting with your family. God's connected you with some places, and don't miss being shepherded. Jesus is the great shepherd, and he shepherds us usually through each other. And so I hope you won't miss that through wounding, insecurity, fear, busyness, whatever it be. I think it's spiritual warfare to keep you out of relationship with the body of Christ. And there's a ton going on because, let me do this lastly. Verses like Colossians 1.27, this is the mystery of the gospel, Christ in you, I love that. It really should be translated Christ in y'all. It's a plural you. Jesus is in us together. And so he would have never fathomed individual Christianity. And we've become very individualistic, and so we just want to encourage you to experience white bread. In fact, we don't do communion here regularly because I think the best place to do communion is in house churches where we have accountability. We know who's taking the elements. We're going to do it sometimes here, but it makes me uncomfortable because it's a holy thing, and I think we ought to know who's doing that. So, Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you're uh, doing in your church, uh, house church movements, disciples all over the earth where it's not where they can't meet public. We thank you that it hasn't hindered at all these places in Iran, these places, Lord, they just explode in their homes and they are unfettered because they meet as the body of Christ. And so I pray um, that you would help us and everyone in this room and those that will listen to this later be led by the Holy Spirit to be connected with the saints of God, the ones you're connecting with, and may they move in the Spirit. May they fight the spiritual warfare that keeps them uh, whole, uh, off to the side, away from fellowship in the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you. We bless you. 
I pray that you would, by your grace, stir up house churches all over Wichita. May, may small little pockets of kingdom communities moving in the anointing uh, advance your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, one of the things, I think this is what God is doing in the world um, and doing on planet Earth. Is, and I think we've, for so long in the Reformation, we centered around a certain set of doctrines yes. and a certain amount of beliefs. And then if we didn't, I would leave, right? And I think the Lord's bringing it back, and we are going to be around family. And this is what he's going to do. And this is, the, this is what's changing, I think. It's the thing that will survive persecution yep. and anything else is this. So we need, to get, we need to practice this. Amen. Good job. Thanks, buddy. Um, amen. Aaron, come on up here. I'm excited. Aaron Wallace is going to preach. Aaron, um, it's been kind of Reliance Night. It was Ryan and Bree in the halls and team. And throw a little sprinkle in a little New Life Covenant. There's Nate. We appreciate that and others. And so uh, we're glad for what happened worship-wise, but we're, uh, I'm just so thankful for Aaron and for Ryan and for the Reliance team that's out west holding the western gate for us. Amen. And so, um, man, I just love you. Thank you. We love you. Do you? Should we hug? Well, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I called for you early and I didn't see you. Come up here. Oh. Grab that. Grab that mic. It ties in. So I'm just going to share a story. This uh, is Dr. Justin Morgan. He's on the Plainview team. Yeah, thank you. Aaron, such an amazing communicator. Thank you for listening. But I, I just got to give a brag to God about what he did at Reliance this last Sunday. Um, so last week, same word, um, count it joy when you face trials. Um, just like it says in James, these trials and demonic attack you face today are unique opportunities that we won't have soon in heaven. Um, this is your chance right now to worship God in the midst of temptation. In heaven, there's not going to be, it's game over. Yeah. So, uh, we talked about that last week, testified. Last week. So, this anyways, is an amazing opportunity. I wasn't feeling that last week. I was saying it, but I wasn't feeling it. Um, Monday, may have made a mistake at work. I mean, it's like a simple trial. And then the diagnosis just, anyways, I, I mean, the diagnosis just pops out supernaturally crazy. And, and the guy gets healed. And it's just like amazing. It's like you could explain all this in the natural, but it was supernatural. Like, and so the guy gets healed, and I'm just looking like a dummy on paper. And it, and God's kind of saying, like, do you want this guy, kind of like an axe, like, do you want to be healed? Like, do you want this guy to be healed, or do you want to look good? Anyways, I'm like, last week was, a, you know, God says, you know, non-Christians make fun of us saying, like, God, your crutch, like, I'm like, yes, God is my crutch. Like, that's the only thing I have to stand on <laughs> all week. I'm just yeah. like praising God. I'm mm. like in the word. If I'm in, it's like I need him because like I, I mean, sometimes you're hungry, sometimes you're not. I'm like so hungry last week because if I'm if I'm feeding on the word, if I'm praising him, I feel really good. Mm. If I'm not, it's like the enemy. It's just crazy yeah. torment, torment, regret. It's just crazy. And I'm and I'm and not only I'm re, I'm like I'm grumbling about. The, the trial, but I'm also grumbling because I'm grumbling about the trial. If that makes any sense. So like, it's like, I'm like, I've been through this before so many times. God's delivered me. Like, why am I struggling with this? Anyways, I'm like all week just that. I go to I speak that word on Saturday. Sunday morning, I'm I'm dumping off my kids in your child care. And <laughs> what it's, what it's, and it's, it's too. It's a house church. And uh, <laughs> just support Josh Engel and the praise. I'm just praising God and the reliance. Reliance is just awesome, and, um, and and then Josh Engel just starts 
saying some just basic stuff. So uh, John three sixteen. So God loved the world that He gave. Like Psalms twenty three six. Like surely goodness and mercy will follow me all my days. Like, and I just like I'm just in the back, and I'm the lady next to me. She's probably like, who's this weirdo guy? I just I'm just like I can't. I'm just like weeping. Like the Holy Spirit just comes down. I'm weeping. I'm just holding my hand up while Josh is preaching, and I'm like all these basic promises that he's saying, and and then the I think uh, uh, you guys started the worship team did an altar call at the end, and I go up and I'm weeping again, and it's like just amazing. Amen. So thank you for your service and all you guys do there, and uh, yeah, God is just so good. It's just amazing. Yeah. So. Amen. <laughs> that 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 was good. That that was better than last week. That was. That was really good. Amen. So, Amen. back to I love you. Amen. And uh, Reliance well, you, is on that team. That was the word right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it was the word. Start. So, let's close in prayer. So, yeah, lab time. <laughs> good. Amen.